0: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Philosophy Fitness Podcast. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you're tuning in. Episode 15. I'm joined by the lovely Heather DiBiase, registered dietitian. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so eager to pick your brain about all things diet related and you know, low-carb lifestyle. I know that that's what you're all about. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into that. But I guess in order to kind of give everyone an understanding, I always like to ask people where you started and what sort of led you in the direction of wanting to pursue uh, your path.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I started wanting to lose weight when I was really young, like probably around 13 years old going into high school, which sounds crazy to look back at it. But I just always wanted to feel more comfortable in my body. I always felt like not only did I not like necessarily look how I wanted to look, but it was more than that for me. It was like I wanted to feel better, I wanted to have more energy, um, I wanted to you know feel more confident in my body and all of that. And so I did some crazy things when I was younger. I think like a lot of us have, right, to try and lose weight. So my mom around that time, in particular, was like really into Weight Watchers and stuff like that. And then that was like it wasn't. I'm a '90s baby, so it wasn't in the '90s, mm-hmm. but during that time, it were it was when everyone was like, low fat this, low fat that, you know, those 100 calorie packs were like a huge
0: thing. Oh, yeah.
1: And do you ever have like a memory of something? And like, you're like, I don't know why I have this memory. But clearly, it meant something to me because like, it always I like, go back to that. And I just remember like sitting in my like, parents backyard thinking to myself, and I was like eating these 100 calorie packs of cookies and Having this like zero calorie drink and thinking like, this is what I needed to do to lose weight. you know, And I did it somehow. and I would like lose the weight, and I would gain it back. And this went on for years and years and years, really, until I went to school to become a dietitian. That's when I actually started learning about how to, you know, eat to feel your body, how to eat in a healthy way. And that's more, along the lines of when I actually developed my approach more so. So I've tried a lot of really extreme things in the past. I've tried things that were just like extremely low calorie, low point foods. I never like completely counted calories. That was just never something I was willing to do. However, I would just like kind of count them in my head or whatever. There was a period of time where I only ate fruits and vegetables. Like I've done all of the extreme oh, wow. things. And yeah, it was looking back. I'm like, how did I do that? Like, I don't understand. But when I went to school, I learned how to feel your body. I actually wound up doing a lot of research, particularly on low carb. So anytime we had like a research paper to write, and they were like, pick your topic, that was like always a topic that I would look at. And I would like I don't want to say like battle people in classes, but a lot of the times it gets a bad rap, right? And people are always, you know, pushing against it. And I'm like, well, the research is there, clearly, like there's a lot of great evidence for it. But the question was always sustainability. So really what I did with myself was I figured out a way to make it sustainable, like make it a lifestyle. And not only was I able to lose those 15, 20 pounds and keep it off, but I was able to realize I had more energy. I was, you know, feeling better than ever before. I had less inflammation. I just, I felt amazing. Right. And I wasn't hangry when trying to lose weight. I was able to eat, filling and unsatisfying meals and lose weight without feeling like I was dieting. And that's how like approach developed and now obviously I teach women how to do the same thing
0: (laughs) yeah that's awesome and it's so funny I think about those 100 calorie packs because I used to do the same thing I remember I used to think I was like those little muffins or the little mini like cheese and Oreo things and then the low calorie or the uh, zero calorie drinks too those were huge Um, I'm kind of curious because I also did a lot of crazy crash diets back in the day what's the craziest one that you did
1: I mean, I don't know if this was a crash diet, but I think just going back to the time where I only ate fruits and, fruits, <laughs> fruits and vegetables for a period of time, that was pretty crazy. Um, I've always, like, I've tried, I think it was, like, the military diet. It was just, like, Yeah, the- I
0: did the same one. Yeah. Yep. Was the hot dogs grapefruit? and the ice cream.
1: Was there a grapefruit in there?
0: Yes. There was, it was, like, okay. grapefruit and a piece of toast... Yeah. It was the strangest combination of foods that really like were not honestly that appetizing. It was like a hot dog for dinner and then yeah. like a grapefruit for breakfast. But it was really restrictive. It was only like 800 calories a day or something crazy. But I did that a bunch of times. So
1: yeah. yeah. And I, I did it because like I just saw, i sorry, mom. But like I just saw my mom do it and like her friends mm-hmm. were doing it. And it's just like that was like what people thought weight loss was, especially then, you know, when there wasn't like social media to really like share things. I mean, not that there's perfect information online either but um yeah that's just like what I thought it was so the military diet and then the period of time where I probably only ate fruits and vegetables those are probably as like crazy as it got for me which is pretty crazy
0: (laughs) yeah no the fruits and vegetables thing like full I've heard people that are full raw vegan that eat like 50 bananas a day and I can't even imagine doing that and feeling satisfied like that's so mind-blowing to me but
1: Totally. I actually, I did do, I tried. So during that time, I think it was when I was like, before I became a dietitian, I was starting to look into nutrition stuff. And that's what came up online. It was like, you know, don't eat this, like, you know, only eat fruits and vegetables. If you eat meat, like, you know, that's horrible for you. Just like all of the things. And I did a juice, juice cleanse during that time too. And I like basically just didn't drink the juices for three days because I thought they were gross. So I just didn't <laughs> eat. I, days. I don't know.
0: Yeah, juice yeah. cleanses are never a fun time. It's like no. you gotta have something to chew at least a little bit. Juice cleanses for me, I've tried them too. And it's just, you know, drinking uh pulverized kale and green Ugh. juice, and it's just not it's not a cute look. And it I also like makes my you hungry. Nemesis now. Yeah. I like they're
1: opposite of my approach. So it's so funny that I like started there, you know?
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have started with Especially, I mean, we're both 90s babies, so especially in like the early 2000s, crash diets were all the rage, it seemed like, especially really restrictive diets of eliminating entire food groups of people wanting to go completely, you know, no meat, no this, that, whatever. Um, So it is kind of interesting to see how fitness has evolved and also how spreading information has evolved too. So I'm kind of curious to hear what exactly it is uh, about low carb that you think uh, works so well for you and also for the women that you've helped.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, along with the low carb, I think that there's like a way to do it that's healthy and not necessarily healthy. So, what I mean by that is I'll see people say they're going low carb and then they won't like boost up their protein or fat or veggie intake. They'll just take something out and not replace it with anything. And I don't, I just want to make that clear too, because that's it's going to leave you feeling deprived and not great. But the whole thing with low carb is you're emphasizing foods that are keeping you full and satisfied and that hormonally and just how they digest from the body. Like for example, fat and proteins and fiber, they take longer to digest. So they're going to keep you full for longer as opposed to carbohydrates, which take like, you know, 30 minutes to digest. If you eat like a piece of bread or an apple or something like that, you're probably going to be hungry soon after if you're not pairing it with something else. So, um, Focusing on those foods that are really going to keep you full and satisfied is going to help make a weight loss journey, or just like not even weight loss, because I'd still do it now to this day, even maintaining your weight, but make you feel more full and satisfied with meals. And I think that's one of the reasons why people love it so much. But along with that as well, something I teach all my clients and on my you know Instagram page and all of that is the whole concept of blood sugar control. Because- that when we can, when our blood sugar is in control, we feel more in control of our food choices. You have a more calming sense about, and we can go into blood sugar if you want. I'm yeah, sure no, for sure. That. Yeah, yeah. So basically, how I explain it to my clients is there's a couple different scenarios that can happen throughout the day depending on how we're eating, and this is something I see typically in my practice all the time. So there's that one scenario where someone just says they're not hungry in the morning, right? So they're like, "Oh, I don't eat right away." And for some, by the way intermittent fasting works and they can skip breakfast and be fine. The client I was just on the phone with before this, she does that. And it's great for her, but I find nine out of 10 times for women when they're not eating anything earlier in the day and they're trying to save calories and they're just like, Oh, I'm not really hungry. And then by the time 11 o'clock hits their start, they're like, okay, now I'm getting hungry. Right. Like let's order a pizza or I just like, I need to make a sandwich and chips. Like I need mm-hmm. to have something. And at that point you're craving carbohydrates, right? Because our blood sugar is low. We haven't eaten anything all day. And that's what we're going to be reaching. So then if we keep going throughout the day and not eating anything and skipping, you know, meals or snacks or just not eating enough to feel your body, that's where a lot of the times maybe you try and eat something healthy for dinner, right? Six o'clock rolls around and you're like, okay, I'm going to have a salad and chicken because that's healthy. And then you're not really satisfied at that point. So you're like, okay, I'm going to have like one cookie. And then it turns into two, three, and four. And then, handful of popcorn. And then it's like, the whole bag is gone. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's hormonally, your body has just been not fueled enough throughout the day. And it leads to that binge eating at night. So that's like one scenario I see that's like probably 80 to 90 percent of the women I work with. That's what their day looks like before we start working together. And then there's the other scenario throughout the day where, you know, you, someone does eat, right. They eat a high carb meal in the morning. So maybe it's Pancakes and waffles and syrup, a bagel, or maybe it's something healthy, right? Like, or healthy, mm-hmm. quote unquote, or whatever, with a big bowl of oatmeal and fruit, or a big smoothie with like banana, strawberry, just like a ton of fruit and fruit juice. That's healthy foods but it's all carbohydrates. So what happens then is your blood sugar spikes and our body is always trying to maintain like a normal blood sugar balance. It's one of its main priorities. So when our blood sugar spikes high like that, what happens is it overproduces this hormone insulin. And insulin's a storage hormone. Its job is to get the blood sugar into the cell to use it for energy. So when we overproduce that hormone, it overreacts and it drops your blood sugar low. And then you crash. And when we crash, our blood sugar is low and we're craving more carbohydrates to give you that energy burst. So then again, like, you know, maybe it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and we feel like we're starving again, even though we just ate breakfast an hour or two ago. We eat another high, maybe it's like a burrito bowl with rice and beans and quinoa and all of the things, blood sugar spikes, blood sugar drops. And at the end of the day, you're just never really satisfied because your blood sugar has been up and down. So when instead you focus on foods that are more filling and going to keep you satisfied and balance your blood sugar, like protein, fat, and fiber, you can eat carbohydrates. It's not that you can't eat them at all. It just comes down to portioning them and balancing them with those other foods. And then your blood sugar is balanced. So not only are you going to feel more full and satisfied throughout the day, you're going to have more energy throughout the day because you are not going to have those crashes of energy. You're going to have less cravings. Like My clients really never. I I haven't gotten to the place where I'm hangry in such a long time, and it's really from following the principles of balancing blood sugar. Yeah, because I used to be like hangry. Oh my god, (laughs) me
0: too. Like I, it's funny (laughs) you say that because I I can make myself a bowl of oatmeal for breakfast, and I I'm full for like 12 minutes, and then I'm like, okay, I need something else, like or a piece of toast. Literally will never do the trick for me. I always need protein in the morning. And even back in high school and stuff when I used to play around with crash diets, I would I would do you know the insanity workouts those tapes Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I used to do those and I wouldn't eat anything during the day. And then I would like save up and be like, okay, at night, I'm gonna just I'll be really good. I'll have a salad. But then it would turn into me eating like half a loaf of bread, you know, with butter on it and just like going crazy because my body had been so, you know, depleted during the day. And like you said, that blood sugar drops. So yeah, protein is key. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. And the fat too, I think like you know, protein is, is really important. I think it's one of those things where like, you need to have protein at each meal, um, like really for satiety, especially for weight loss and stuff like that, maintaining muscle mass, all that. But fat, I think that is one of those things on low carb, it gets like confusing because either people go so hard on the fat where they're like unlimited fat, like in eating jars of peanut butter, or they're not eating it at all. And it's finding that happy medium because fat, really, it it does a really good job at keeping you full and satisfied. I find the longest out of all the macronutrients, it releases a hormone called cholecystokinine, and it really does a good job at keeping you like full and calm between meals. So that is so um, filling. It's the combination. It's so filling. It is so filling. Um, So yeah, that's like my, my approach with low carb and you really can Find a way to balance it where you're having more energy throughout the day, you're having those less cravings. It really helps decrease inflammation. I've had clients tell me that their inflammation markers from their blood work, like C reactive protein, have come down after following the
0: plan. It actually can help with aging too. Oh, wow, which
1: is interesting. That's really cool. So,
0: yeah, that's good to know. yeah. Um, so what would your tips be for, let's say somebody was listening to this and they kind of want to start out with low carb, but they might be feeling overwhelmed or maybe they're in a place right now where their diet is very carb heavy and they're not really sure how to make a smooth transition. What would your like tips be for a beginner looking to make that switch?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say like start with one meal, like start with one meal and start adjusting your macros there. Right. So maybe the meal you're less least attached to the carbohydrates and then just start portioning them. I think that that's like the key. Um, and then like, well, you can even use the plate method. I don't know if you've heard of this. A lot of people use it. We're like trying to make half your plate veggies, yeah. a quarter of your plate protein, a quarter of your plate carbohydrates. So you can even just start playing around with that ratio um, of your plate and then just portioning the carbohydrates. I think that's key. So Portioning it. Typically what a serving size is, is about half a cup or look at the serving size on the box, but start with just one meal. So it feels less overwhelming portion that. And then just make sure you have like a protein or a fat source. And if it's lunch and dinner, a veggie source to balance it out. I think that that's like the the best way to just slowly transition into it and see if it feels good for you too. Everyone, like I talk about with all my clients and stuff, it's finding your carb tolerance. It's finding that sweet spot of carbohydrates because you don't want to go too low either. That's not necessarily good and too high isn't (laughs) great. Also, it's finding that like amount that makes you feel your best. So I think by starting with that one meal and just portioning it, Um, Could be like a really great place to just get started with
0: it. Yeah, I feel like that's such a good tip of kind of easing yourself into it because you think even about crash diets, you're just going in full throttle and you get like really rapid results with them. I know when I did the military diet, I was like, oh, 10 pounds in three days. Oh my God. But then I went back to normal eating after that and I gained that and then some back. So if you're trying to make a sustainable change, I think you can agree with this. You have to kind of ease yourself in because if you want longer term results, it's going to take a longer time to adapt those new habits and make it a lifestyle.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that like slow and steady really wins the race and, especially for the women I work with, where it is about weight loss, like it's what is your end goal? Because like, of course, you probably want to feel more confident in your clothes and everything. But they got they want to make a lifestyle for themselves where they're living a healthy lifestyle. And that just it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen by one day changing your world upside down. It happens by those small changes, you know, so I totally agree.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think a big part of it, too, at least for me is mindset. I'm all about kind of how our mindset correlates to what we experience physically. And a big part of that is also with your diet, where sometimes if you're if you're so obsessive over, you know, counting your calories or worrying about if this has too much of this and that, or if you're not really following a plan that's kind of guiding you along the way, gradually it be- can become sort of toxic where you're almost stifling your own growth just from being so obsessive over having to feel like you have to be perfect with every single meal. At least I know for me in the past, that's something I struggled with. Yeah. Totally.
1: Mindset is like step one to my program and everything. And I think that, like I always say, it's 10% the right plan. It's 90% mindset. It really is when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle or weight loss. So I totally agree with you with that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And kind of segueing too, I like to ask everyone, what is your take on just the mind body connection in general, in terms of even like beyond your diet? I'm always curious to hear because everyone has a different uh, perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that's such an interesting question. I feel like there's so many ways to go with it, you know, because I I have so much to say on that. But one thing that I I don't know why I think of when you bring that up is like my morning routine, right? My morning routine is that one thing that like you do in the morning and it sets up your day for how you want to feel. And like for me in particular, recently, it's been like putting my phone on airplane mode, not looking at like social media or anything like that. But it's crazy how I think anyone, I don't know if you have
0: a morning Yeah, routine. no, for sure. That's something I talk about a lot is because <laughs> I feel like it sets the tone yeah. for your day and also your nighttime routine. I have like a bedtime routine too. Yeah. I drink tea. I'm like, Me I'm too. literally a grandma. I like drink tea every night before I go to bed. But yeah, same thing. Uh, morning and nighttime routine. Yeah.
1: They're everything. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. sure she does, but you never know. I think it's one of those things where you, when you have it, it's like, you never go back. Right. Because it just completely changes your mood and your day. And it, it kind of reminds me of that, like mind body connection, because like when you start to, let's just say there's a day where you skip it. Cause like whatever reason you wake up late and you can't do it. You realize like, I don't know, my day feels in shambles when that happens. And I feel like flustered and I'm, I don't know. I just feel like my day's off. And it just goes back to taking that moment, connecting with yourself in the morning, with like your intentions, with, you know, just being connected with your mind and your body and like having those, that positive energy that leads and bleeds into the rest of your day with whatever it is that you're trying to do. So whether it is weight loss, whether it is, you know, other goals that you have, or whether it's just having a good day it's crazy how that mindset really does set the tone for it. And I'm a huge believer in like, obviously, as we know, our thoughts affect our feelings, our feelings affect our result, our behaviors or actions. And then our actions affect our results. Right. So if you are trying to achieve something in particular, it goes back to completely those thoughts that you're having with yourself. And for any two scenarios, like it's the whole concept of you can look at the glass half empty, the glass half full, right. It depends on just how you're looking at it and you can, you
0: know, you can. Yeah, Yeah. no, a thousand percent. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like something that I've been into is intention setting. So like every morning setting an intention for what exactly it is that you want to get out uh, out of your day, whether it be just, you know, getting out of bed and changing your clothes into just a workout clothes just to motivate you to get your workout done or, you know, clean your room, something something to set an intention just that you have something to work towards. I think especially during this time when a lot of us are still, you know, cooped up at home, um, it's really important to have a little roadmap for yourself and making your bed too. That's something I forgot to mention. That's like one thing that I've really started during this situation that's... um, like set me off on the right foot for every day.
1: It's the like whole concept of just like feeling like you accomplished something right. First thing in the morning. Um, Yeah. I just think the mind body connection is it's so powerful. It goes beyond even just like the thoughts and how your day goes and everything. Like I was saying, even just how you're feeling with your emotions and like stress and how stress is even related to like all chronic diseases and everything like that. I mean, it can go so so deep into that and nutrition and like the gut microbiome and like you can get really deep into that kind of stuff. But, um, I absolutely think there's such a powerful relationship and, and the most important thing with like anything that you're doing or any goal you're trying to achieve is really working on your mindset. Because if you're not working on your mindset, if you're not working on, you know, even becoming a more positive person, then it's just a lot of the times people get results, but they don't keep them off. And I think that's the difference between how I try and do things with nutrition is it's not just about the low carb plan. It's also about like intertwining the mindset with it because ultimately like if you lose weight just from following a plan, you're probably not going to keep it off if you don't have the right mindset tools for it.
0: Yeah. I love how you have a very whole bodied approach to diet changes and even just as a lifestyle change, too, because I feel like, especially now on Instagram, sometimes we can get caught up in seeing, you know, pictures of people promoting certain diets and stuff, but they won't necessarily tap into the mindset element like you talk about and how that's your first step with most of your clients because you could have all the tools around you and all the resources, but if your internal dialogue is, no bueno, if you're talking to yourself like you're your own worst enemy, then it's not going to be something that you can sustain and, and hold on to. So I think it's so cool that you're approaching yeah. it, you know, as a whole being. Love that.
1: Thank you. Yes, really important. Yeah, <laughs> super important.
0: Um, So would you have any other tips for especially right now? I know it's a little bit more difficult for people to kind of stay as motivated, especially here in New York with gyms still being closed. Yeah. What would your tips be for maintaining that motivation physically and also Uh, with diet?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that like always breaking it into those smaller chunks, like we were talking about before is really important. So if you can pick like, what I think is really helpful is to write down whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, right? Like whatever your intentions are for this time in quarantine, like what are your goals? Do you want to have a healthier lifestyle, whatever it is, write down all the things that you feel like you need to do in order to do that, right? Drink more water, eat more vegetables, maybe work out, whatever those things are. And then I think it could be really helpful to pick one really easy one and then one more challenging one and just focus on those two first. That way you have a really like easy win, maybe for you, like you're kind of good with your water, but like you're not as good as you want to be. So you pick that as your easy win and then you pick one that's harder for you, like working out, you know, um, however many times a week you want to do or whatever your exercise routine is. And then really just focusing on that too. And then when you've like kind of mastered those two, then picking other ones. It's really easy to get overwhelmed and that paralyzes us. And then we just don't want to do anything. So if you could just pick something that is that easy one, so it kind of like sets you off on the right foot and you feel like you've accomplished something, but then something a little more challenging, just focus on those two things. And then, you know, moving forward, it'll be a lot easier to add those other things in down the line. But
0: yeah, I would probably no. that's such a good tip, actually, thinking about just like you said, a small win and then something more challenging. So your small win could literally be making your bed in the morning if that's your one thing that sets you off. And I think that's a great tip for anyone, too, with people that get overwhelmed. I know for me, sometimes I put the most pressure on myself and I want to do a thousand things at once. And I'm scattering in so many different directions. But if you just take a step back and try to tackle things one step at a time, it makes it a lot more uh, sustainable for you and also something that you can hold on to and actually not be discouraged if you think you're somehow not living up to an expectation. If you've already got that small win under your belt, you're like, I got this, I can do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I actually have one client's story too, it's super quick, where she wanted to start a morning routine. I have started working with her maybe a month ago and um, sh- her whole thing coming in, I mean, she really was like, I want to focus on my mindset more, like, first, more than anything. And obviously, I'm all for that. But so we were talking about incorporating a morning routine. I was like, just take five minutes in the morning. Like, do something that feels good to you, go outside, read a book, whatever, five minutes. And um, we had our, le- our next call um, yesterday. And <laughs> <laughs> <called> yesterday, Words. <laughs> our last call, it was not our last yeah, call. Yeah. We had a call yesterday at Words and Disheartening. <laughs> And, um, it's okay. <laughs> and she was like t- telling me, she's like, I'm so happy you told me to just do it for five minutes because if we were to talk about this hour long morning routine, I just would have never done it. But I, five minutes is so doable each day. And now she has this like, you know, more lengthy morning routine, which I haven't even talked to her about yet. She just loves it. And she's reading and she's doing this and that, and she's feeling amazing. She's like, I can't even believe how it transforms my day but just from doing something for five minutes and committing to five minutes each day. So it can, can, it can totally, you know, change the game just focusing on that small thing that you want to do. So I definitely recommend it, making it something small, kind of like what you were saying with the workout or something that when people struggle with working out, something I recommend is just like commit to doing for five minutes of the workout. And then you're probably going to do more, right. Or commit to walking to the stop sign. You're probably going to go further, but just make that small commitment just to get yourself started and motivated. And one last thing with the motivation is, like motivation comes from action, right? Like motiv- we don't just decide to be motivated one day. Some people, like sometimes you can do that and you can think about your why and all of that, but to actually really get motivated, I find there needs to be that action. And when you start actually doing the action, getting the results, then you get motivated and it gets the ball rolling. But some- we wait so long to feel motivated when, that's probably not going to just happen right away. It's just like doing, committing to doing that small thing. Then you're like, Ooh, that wasn't that bad. And then you do it again and again and you gain confidence. And that that's how I find you like build that motivation to do.
0: Yeah, things. that's so true. I mean, I, I think about it sometimes I've always kind of thought, at least before I started this, I was really apprehensive to even start this podcast and I was just waiting for the right time to come around, waiting for something outside of myself to motivate me, you know, like, Oh, if I only had this or that I'd be ready to do it. But Sometimes you have to just hold yourself accountable and just, you know, take your power back and say, you know what, there's not going to be a right time. I'm just going to make it the right time for me. And I think discipline is a big part of staying motivated, too, because sometimes you're not going to want to feel like sticking to your eating as much or getting your workout in. But if you're disciplined and you know that you have that higher goal that you're reaching towards every day, it makes it a little easier to to stick with it when the motivation may kind of dwindle a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think discipline gets such a bad rap. And uh, it just depends on how you look at it, right? Like anything. Um, It it just depends on like how you're thinking about it. And discipline, I think is so helpful, because it also takes decisions away, right? Like, it takes the decision away, should I work out? Should I not work out? And then you're battling that in your head. And it's like half an hour went by and you didn't work out. And that was silly. So if you just like that discipline, practicing that gets better, you get better at it with practice. And it, it just, takes the decisions away where you're just like nope this is what I want to do like this is what we're doing like I'm gonna do that workout or whatever it is and it like we make so many decisions in the day so to have that discipline to put those things in your calendar it really can be helpful just like mentally like for our staff. yeah for sure know? and
0: like you were saying two small little things that we do like five minutes a day um, I don't know if you've heard but apparently if you do something for 21 days it becomes a habit so if you do that morning routine yeah. for five minutes a day after the 21 days, it's going to become a part of who you are. And it's just going to be natural for you to do it. It's not going to feel like so foreign uh, to have it be a part of you. And then it'll become easier and easier to keep it going.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think it also comes down to like the thoughts you have about it, which I think is why it's so powerful. Like, I don't know if you do any like journaling or anything like that um, meditation, but like, even with like building a habit, I think even more than just doing it every day, like having that positive association with it, right? Because like we can force ourselves to, I don't know, like eat a certain way or to do a workout for 21 days and it may start to build a habit. But like, I feel like having that positive association with it and starting to reframe those thoughts in our mind is what helps it really like stick for the long term too, so that you actually like want to get up and do it in the morning when you're associating. I don't know why I keep bringing up working out as like an example, but like if you associating working out with not this like dreadful thing that you have to do with something that's fun and something that makes you feel better afterwards and like all of those things, it helps so much. You want to commit to it. Every yeah,
0: day. that's that is so powerful. And that's so true. I always tell people. If you think of a workout, not so much as a, as a punishment, you know, some people's kind of get in the trap of thinking of a workout as a punishment for eating, you know, going crazy, going ham, whatever. But think of it as a celebration of what you can do. Think of honoring your body and being like, how cool is it that you can go outside and run that you can lift weights that you can challenge your limits. If you kind of reframe that, you reframe your perception of it too. That's something that's really uh, transformative I think for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. So a lot of women come to me actually probably most of my clients come to me and they're very fearful of the scale. And I think it's for me, when it comes to my program, I think it's such a rewarding thing to work through with people because we fear, we fear this like object that really it's just an object. And I totally understand why people have that relationship. I was so scared to go on the scale for a while. I didn't even go to the doctor's office because I didn't want to get weighed. Like I, I totally get it, but I think it's one of those things, the more power we give it, the fear, like it just starts to like snowball. And then, like, it's really silly when we think about it, it's just a number, it doesn't define who we are, it's just data, and especially if you're trying to lose weight, like, to not use that, that point of data, I just think, um, can hold people back in the long run, but more than that, it's building a healthy relationship, so when people start working with me, a huge thing I work on with them is building that better relationship with the scale, and they leave my program, it's so funny, like, wind up loving the scale, where they came in so scared, didn't want to step on it, and it's just mindset, it's just the thoughts about it, it's just the thoughts we're thinking about it, and Um, that's ultimately what it comes down to. So yeah, there's so many things you could do that with that that can just change your life ultimately. Like whether it's something that you're fearing, whether it's a certain food that you're fearing, whether it's um, your ability to do something, right? A lot of people don't do things because they're afraid of being successful. There's so many things that you can use it for, but those thoughts ultimately are what like just shape our reality. Yeah, fear is
0: such a huge part of it too, because I feel like Fear is something that can hold us back in so many different ways. Like, I think everybody has something that they've been afraid of that they're, if you're afraid of it, you should probably take a chance and like explore a little bit. That's what I always say. Like, I remember growing up, I never used to think of myself as a runner. I was like the last around the track, you know, for the mile test and whatever. And I was always really afraid to try and run longer distances. And once I kind of stepped out of that identity that I had put myself in and took that fear out of the equation, I actually was like, wow, I kind of really enjoyed, you know, going for longer distance runs. And even with what you were saying with the scale is don't let that fear define you. Don't let that be something that's going to hold you back from making a positive change for yourself. Even if you're not looking to lose weight, if you're just looking to improve your health.
1: Yeah. I think we're <laughs> the same person. That's really funny. Cause like I've had that realization with running too. I was like, I'm not a runner. Yeah. It's just not me, like whatever. And then recently I just like decided to go on a run and I liked it. And not to say that I've been necessarily running all the time since, but like it is, it's that ident- it's identifying yourself in a certain way and it holds you back from actually being your, reaching your fullest potential or doing things that you may have never. Okay. For reading, for example, I was always like, I, I never read books in school. I literally like when they were like, read these books in the summer. I never read them. Hated reading. Now I love reading. Now I read every single day. And it, for so long, I would just tell myself, well, you don't like reading. So don't even look at picking up that book. And then, you know, now here I am reading every single day. It sounds like it's a silly thing, but it's now part of my life. It's a huge part of my life. And it's like, I was holding my back for myself back for so long from reading because I identified with someone that, that didn't like to read, which is like silly, but it's true. And I see that a lot too with food cravings people like identify themselves as having a sweet tooth and I used to do that too but once you put that label on yourself then you're in those situations and you're like well I have a sweet tooth so like it's almost like an excuse you know and then we start making those excuses so like I think it's really important not to totally identify with with these things and be open to evolving in life you know
0: it's almost like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy too if you're going out in the world saying all right well i'm a sweet tooth so i'm gonna have to have you know every time i go out i'm gonna have to get dessert or i'm gonna have to eat this or that you set that expectation for yourself so you think that it's just natural for you to have a sweet tooth and to crave those things so that's a really interesting approach i never thought of it that way um it's so true
1: yeah i definitely did i did it myself for so long i identified that And then one day I was like, no, like I don't have a sweet tooth. Like I don't have a sweet tooth. That's not even a thing. Like, no, like Mm -hmm. sometimes I want something sweet and I will say balancing blood sugar helps you not have those sweet cravings for sure. But it, it's just like putting that identification on it just makes you think a certain way. Right. And like now all of a sudden, like, you know, you're starting to think about like, well, i Like I was saying before, like the cookies are there and I have a sweet tooth, so I'm just going to grab it. And you start doing things that like you don't necessarily really need to do just because, you know?
0: Yeah, that's so true. And it all goes back to that idea of putting yourself in a box um, and you don't have to be in that box. Like you're the you're the one who's telling yourself that you're a sweet tooth. You're the one who's telling yourself and reiterating that narrative to yourself. So stepping away from that is is so powerful. And even just beyond diet, even in in your regular life, stepping away from that, like labeling, I think is huge.
1: It's, it's very empowering, I feel like, you know, and whether you're trying to diet or not, I think food is one of those things too, where it's never going away, like we need to eat, right? And so whether you're trying to lose weight, or you're not trying to lose weight, it's one of those things where we all have a relationship with food, we're all eating every single day, we all have a quote unquote diet, whether we're trying to diet or not, you know, just of what we eat on a daily basis. And so building those positive associations with things and not, you know, limiting ourselves, I think is, is so important.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going full circle of how your mind is totally connected to uh, what you experience with your diet. I mean, I'm so passionate about sharing that connection with people. That's why I kind of started this podcast. So I always love hearing everyone's stance on it, and especially someone like you, that you have your background in terms of nutrition and diet and stuff like that. So it's been amazing chatting with you. I wanted to give you a chance here to kind of share with what you're doing now in terms of helping people. And empowering women to kind of, you know, take control of their nutrition and their lifestyle.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's been so fun. So you can find me over on Instagram at low nutrition, where I share tons of information and resources on, you know, losing weight with a low carb lifestyle. Uh, it's got lifestyle, I'm not, <laughs> not, not diet because it really is there, There's yeah. a way you can fit your favorite fun foods and everything like that. And you don't know, have to, um, you know, feel bad about, even if you do have a high carb meal or something, it's just what your lifestyle mostly is. So I share tons of information on there. Um, I also have a membership program, which is relatively new, but it's been amazing so far where um, you get my course and then you have, it's a monthly membership moving forward. So if anyone's interested in that, it's the low carb Babe society. It's been a blast. It's like the most affordable way um, to work with me. So my one-on-one clients, I can only handle so many because I really like to give them my all, but yeah, definitely you can find me on Nutrition on Instagram and that's probably where I hang out the most.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. And your Instagram account is beautiful. You have amazing insights and stuff. And I love how you use the word lifestyle instead of diet, because I feel like people get caught in this mindset of diet is associated with a lot of like restriction and stuff, whereas lifestyle is more fluid and allows you to kind of be, I think, happier with the change that you're making too. So
1: yeah absolutely it's it's less of the all or nothing and it's more just um you know a way of life kind of thing
0: yeah yeah for sure well thank you thank you so much for coming on guys make sure you hit the subscribe button and that notification bell so you don't miss out on future episodes i also have the streaming of the episodes available in the link in the description box and i'll leave all of heather's links down below but that is all i have for you guys today heather thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's so much fun yeah